Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is our Habits Show. Zig Ziglar was the grandfather of good habits, and Zig's son and CEO of Ziglar, Tom Ziglar, is famous for citing the fastest way to success is simply replacing bad habits with good habits. This is why we have this show, to go behind the scenes with our guests to see they are regular people like you and I. They just practice the daily habits needed to succeed. Today, we go behind the scenes with functional medicine MD, Dr. Randy James, our guest from show 695 titled, Do You Want to Be Weller? Here is how, where we discussed how to get optimal performance out of ourselves so our bodies and minds are fully functioning. What stood out in this show to me from Randy, from what he shared is how he cites his core daily rituals are the core anchors for his entire life. Talk about a great habits show message. He also shared much of his family time is centered around meals and sports. He admitted getting quality sleep is his weak area and his primary focal point for his personal health right now. His personal time is often made up of sports, reading, which is often done on a treadmill, a good meal, a movie, and some good wine. You can connect with Randy at his clinic, truelifemedicine.com. His new podcast that I co-host with him, The True Life Show, and our alternative health insurance, truelifeprotect.com. Before I bring you Dr. Randy James and this great episode, I have three resources I just adore. Two of them are my businesses. One is straight from Ziggler. Here you go. All right. Well, of course, folks, if you didn't catch show 695 yet our main interview with dr randy james i uh, hit that because we're going to be referencing a lot i mean in that a big part of it was hitting the four pillars the four cornerstones as you talked about of uh, health and wellness of things to make us optimal for all the things we're going after and the seven spokes on the ziggler wheel of life basically that's it we're going to hit them all so uh so now we get to grill you on your personal habits in these areas so right off the bat what are the primary habits, the framework, as we talked about in show 695, the framework for your physical and nutritional aspects of your life? Okay. Well, uh, for you and I, we, we've talked about so many things for so long, but I think that's the first time you've ever asked me that question. <laughs> what do you do to be physically well, Dr. Randy James? Uh, so. Output. Output. Here we are. Well, and input on the on yeah. the physical nutrition side. So I would say our family has done really well on the nutrition side, um, and I personally struggle on the on on what I hope for for myself on the on the physical side. Uh, but nutritionally, so my story. You know, I grew up in, in what I would call the standard American diet, mm-hmm. and for from years one to twenty five. You know, it was the normal Cheerios for breakfast kind of a thing and, you know, fast food for lunch and then a, a whatever kind of dinner. And over those years, I was learning. My dad is be, was becoming a functional doc at the time, and so I, w- I was learning. And medical school started at 26, and that's where I kind of said, all right, I'm, I'm shifting over here. Became the weird guy. So this is in the mid-'90s. And, uh, and then – Later on, of course, got married, and so then now you got to blend two people's history into mm-hmm. that. And and my wife did not grow up in a; she grew up in a standard American diet as well. She was very athletic. There was no weight issues, or also we thought we were okay. Uh, the big kind of change came when our we had a son, and at four years of age, there was some issues came, that that happened, and we had to do some medical testing, and there was significant food allergies. So I, I had already known that dairy was a thing for me, and so 
So there, so there we go. And we had to investigate what's this gluten thing, the dairy, the corn, the soy. Here we are, you know, 10 years later, and I think we've got the nutrition piece pretty well dialed in to where it became an intellectual decision to say, we're just not going to McDonald's. It just, we're not. And, and, and I remember that was painful at first because the ease and the convenience hurt to not have that. And now the pain in the rear of having to shop differently, think differently, prepare differently, go on a hike differently, go on a day at the beach differently, all of that stuff. And we, we had to. And we made an intellectual decision to do that. And then later on, I, I was more and more grateful because then I, I started seeing that in patients and, and evolving in terms of functional medicine that, and, and that kind of a thing. And so, so where we are now, uh, we were pretty habitualized. You guys talk a lot about habits. And so Sunday night, it's not a conversation we like. We go through the pain, mm-hmm. the good pain of the conversation where Marcy will say, all right, what are we doing this week? What's going and, to, and we shop for what we're going to eat. We don't go to the grocery store and say, oh, what looks good? We build our menu and she goes and buys that for the week. And then we kind of team up to who's going to prepare things. And I generally have the breakfast and, you know, get something ready for the kids for lunch. And, uh, we, we lean a lot on leftovers. So that was something we had to kind of calculate to make really big dinners. I'll pull lunches off. I'll try to for for me and and the kids and uh breakfast uh the, the, so for many patients I'm encouraging them to go down the lower grain pathway mm-hmm. and so for us we have evolved out of toast used to be a you know toast and peanut butter almond butter and um but I I do lean on oatmeal but we use steel cut oats mm-hmm. so I think you're you're getting a a better kind of a grain there, and we use a healthy dose of fat, usually coconut oil, and nuts. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a typical breakfast. And then on the weekends... And you, according to my kids, make the best oatmeal, and mine stinks. So <laughs> that's right. there you so, go. That's- now, interestingly, though, my kids think your oatmeal is better. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, because you, they like the quick oats, you know. The <laughs> they don't like my chewy oats. Uh-huh. Uh, so I cheat a little bit too. When your kids come over, I put the blueberries in, and you know. Oh, I didn't know you. Okay, I'm putting chocolate <laughs> chips in your kids. <laughs> so, so that's kind of breakfast nutrition, you know. Uh, I, I, um, and because of the kids, were I like the idea of of doing intermittent fasting and skipping a meal or two, and uh, but because of the kids, I tend to eat breakfast with them. In the summer times, I I skip the breakfast. Um, and so, so for lunch, we try to do leftovers, but if not, it's, it's a struggle. And in the clinic, if I don't have, you know, a good one kind of there and going, then I'll either choose to not do it or grab an apple and an avocado. And you and I for years have set out on the deck and eat our leftovers, eat our leftovers. And, uh, and so then we put a lot of emphasis on dinner. And so certainly there, my wife, you know, she is so helpful and, uh, she's kind of in charge and she's the gourmet and, uh, you know, we have, we have a list of 20 or 30 meals and we just kind of try to rotate them and it, but the, but the encapsulate that, I mean, you're doing, you know, quinoa and, and if, uh, if you're doing some rice once in a while, you guys do grass fed meats, if you're going to do that. 
tons of veggies. I mean, that's pretty consistent throughout. So it. if, you know, we boil it down to a theme of less grains, try to do less grains. And that's, again, I, if it connects with people out there, I, I struggle with kids who are kind of picky, kind of boring. They don't like spices. And I, I, my kids are in the picky side and so it's, it's, it is a struggle. And so, um, Right. We will try to do a higher quality of a grain. So we'll rotate through a white rice, a brown rice, a quinoa. Um, and then we'll maybe every other week or so potato or sweet potato. Um, and then we'll generally have a meat. Uh, and yeah, on the beef side, we'll grass fed, grass finished is a standard. And, and I know it's twice as expensive, but we have half as much. So in order to fill the belly, and I, I look at my 13-year-old all the time who wants another helping of rice, and I'm like, okay, but you, you've got to have another helping of broccoli to go with it. That, that, that's, that's Intellectually, you've got to see that. And so for me, I will, I'm really trying to have the main portion of the plate be vegetable. And I like vegetables, but that is not the way I was when I was 15 or 25, and, and, and gratefully, that has changed, and Brussels sprouts has become a, a delicacy. And so um, for me, I will try to you know, beef up the plate with mostly vegetables, have a high-quality meat, and, of course, a wild-caught salmon. And we eat eggs from happy chickens, and we eat happy chickens. And then we try to do a meat-free day where that will be sort of bean-based or legumes or tofu or something like that, again, working around picky kids. Yeah. So that's our, that's the path. I've never asked this of, of, of a guest, but I'm going to, I'll pick on you, uh, especially coming from this aspect of health and wellness. What are your food vices? Well, <laughs> food vices, definitely I, ice cream on, on the dessert side. If I've got a table full of cookies and cakes and pastries and whatever else, I will always choose ice cream. And so We've kind of had to make an agreement with, with Marcy and myself to say, okay, look, please, please just let's just not buy it so mm-hmm. often. And uh, it, it also helps. We have one of those little mini uh, freezers out in the mm-hmm. garage, and if it stays out there, it's somehow out of my mind. It's, ah, good. So I, if it's one door away. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's a weekend thing. I look forward to a weekend vice of yeah. a bowl of ice cream. Uh, the other one would be chocolate. But there, again, I, and we, you and I have uh, found some chocolate companies that we like where, it, we, where I'll be a chocolate snob mm-hmm. and buy a $10 bar of chocolate and have it less often. Mm-hmm. Less, rather less than, amount, less often. Yeah, having yeah. chocolate around all the time. And uh, coffee, I would be a, a coffee guy and I would be a wine guy. Yes. So those are the ones that I <clears> think... God bless if, the grape. God bless the grape and... <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like I can identify with people who are, I wouldn't call myself an addictive personality, but in those specific food groups, I feel like I've peered over the edge of addiction. Oh, me too. You know, to see, gosh, I can see how somebody could need this every night. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just real quick on just the physical side, you're, you're, you know, through the, throughout the week, basic exercise, the output that you do. Right, so so my day, my week is set up in a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays are the busy days in clinic and life, and so my hope is to do some hit stuff. So, you know, to try to do a three, four, five minute, you know, get in 
a set of push-ups, a set of pull-ups. That's my hope. I'd say I'm successful 50% of the time. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are kind of looser days, and so there's more time for exercise. So Thursdays are, are a pretty good day. And so my exercise, if I, if I could just do whatever I wanted to do and didn't have other things to do, I would go – well, I would I would rather go play a game. So if there were other people who would play ultimate, who would go play basketball, who would go play something, then that would be the preference. But that hardly ever happens. Well, you've been in a soccer league. Soccer league. So yeah, over the winter we did an indoor soccer, and that happened on Friday nights, I think, or or Sunday afternoons was was the time, and loved it. The problem is, you know, it's a forty minute drive and and other frustrations, and so. So I wish that that could happen more often. And Marcy and I have talked about the fact that our life has revolved so much around hauling kids to one sport or the other. And should we teach the kids that, hey, parents do this too. You guys mm-hmm. need to come and watch us. So we actually took them to a couple of soccer things, but it was so catastrophically boring for them <laughs> <laughs> that we just leave them at home now. Um, so what I wind up doing, uh, and I, I'm kind of proud of my – my desk that I built over a treadmill, because uh, I am a study guy. I've got a lot of podcasts that I want to listen to, books that I want to read, and so I, I, I put a desk over a treadmill, and I've, I've got a computer hook up there, and, and uh, so I can get my books at eye level to where I am walking at a, at a four-mile pace at a 12% grade, so I feel like it's a decent exercise and I can do that consistently for an for an hour at a time and I'm doing two things I'm getting a decent exercise with really good study so that's actually my my favorite kind of thing to do output and input combo awesome well hey second spoke is family and friends but basically relationships the things that you're doing in your family with your kids with your wife with your friends uh to keep those Healthy. So this is probably the first time you've interviewed somebody who is your fa- <laughs> is your friend. Well, I don't have any other friends, so this is it. <laughs> so, and I, I, and our families interact too. So, so gosh, family. We are we are built around a dinner table and and a breakfast table. So, so from a family perspective, you know, I've got three boys, thirteen, eleven, and and eight now, and. Um, so, so our family times are, are built around, a, a, you know, the daily breakfast time, and my wife is a night owl, so I kind of am in charge of the breakfast, especially before school. So we're, we start breakfast, and uh, get the kids up, and we're there by 6.50, and from 6.50 to 7.10, 20 minutes uh, are, is revolving around that, and so... You and I have talked about this a lot. I, I try not to preach at them too much, but... You know, I kind of want there to be a, you know, hey, there's a spiritual focus here. So we aim at doing a prayer time and uh, having some kind of conversation around that. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and I'm asking the boys while I'm making breakfast, I'm saying, hey, this is, you know, five minutes of a quiet time that you guys can kind of think about whatever. And I don't insist on a devotional or Bible study or something like that, but I, I'm going to ask you what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our, our family time in the morning. And then, um, you know, uh, so after school, and our family revolves around sports, and uh, we, we have chosen to limit it because I think we could get too sucked into that. But uh, my wife coaches, 
And so she is their soccer coach. And so we have, uh, we, we have soccer in the fall, basketball in the winter, soccer in the spring. And summertime is kind of off and, and travel and, and family stuff in the summertime. So during the school year, we've generally got a sport almost most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then a dinner time. And I grew up in a medical family, and dinner has always been late. It's one of my frustrations because I think I would do much better to eat earlier in the day. Uh, so then we revolve around dinner, and that's that's kind of the the highlight. And and so we'll do dinner and try to have a focused conversation. Probably a, a couple of nights a week, we'll we'll watch a show that we like, uh, Amazing Race or something like that, where it's something we can talk about in terms yeah. of, you know, what did you think about how those people reacted to that situation? Um. And then on the weekends, generally there's there's games that we're going to, traveling that we're doing, um, and I think we have a lot of fun just with ourselves, playing games, doing stuff. Well, and I can speak to the friends part too, um, because that's a that's a piece you and I are blessed to work in the same office every day. But aside from that, obviously we can be coming and going, doing our own things that we take that Sabbath to go to that aspect of lunch, yeah. where we sit down, and I am so grateful of the time with each other and even just the wiring of the brain that we sit down. It's always that deep breath. Oh God, thank you for this day, for your gifts, lead us. And then we slowly eat our leftovers uh, from a good meal the night before and have that. We've nurtured that relationship closely for my gosh, the past four years. And we also have our Thursday mornings that we do with some other guys every Thursday, almost, almost always. And we're probably 95% on that of just sharing life together and that has been dramatically beneficial i know i know i can speak to that to both of us for for both of us the i think this other day when you and i were both traveling and we come back and you know it's a monday at lunch and it's and we unpack the weekend and you know what happened our boys are the same age and so we're going through your second set of teenagers but uh the value of, of that level of friendship, of, of what I would call a heart friend, a soul friend, to where, uh, yeah, I, I can't really imagine life without that, and even how that feeds both of us spiritually. Yeah. It's, uh, it's highly valuable. Primary ingredient. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Well, hey, the next one is mental, the mental spoke, the things that you consistently do to keep yourself mentally well. Gosh, I think that uh, for me, and as we talked about uh, on uh, the other day, is is sleep has become such a focus. And now um, using the aura ring and a feedback loop of how how has my sleep been and and, – I can now I can tell the difference in my mental focus and and really I would go into personality the mental posture if if I've had two or three nights in a row of of 8 hours of of sleep then I can tell what kind of a person I am on that day and it's it's not that I'm xyz tangibly better it's more of just an a, an awareness versus three or four nights in a row of a six-hour day, it's, and, and the phrase I, I use is I cease to care as much. Mm-hmm. Not like I'm going to, you know, abandon a kid or something like that, uh, but 
gosh, the, you know, to put up with a, a picky kid at dinner time after three of those nights is the, the fuse is shorter, the care is less. My, and it's not so much even the care. It's it's like with a picky kid, you you have to get creative. You have mm-hmm. to get personality in there to you know how do you teach a kid to be becoming less picky inspire and and to inspire them that's not just a black and white rule like you know you will eat this or or whatever but i tend to go into those black and whites and and i lose the nuance you lose the the and 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 you know a, a wife you know she needs that and i need that from her and and patience the people that we are trying to serve need your creativity this Feedback into what we were saying about, gosh, my. So, from a mental aspect, that is what I'm now valuing. Um, you know, I don't feel like my memory is less or my, my concentration is, except on those days that, um, uh, that where the sleep is not there. So, so for me, sleep would, would, would feel paramount. You and I have also talked many times about uh, the, the decision in my early, mid 40s a while ago to say, you know what, I am. Something has to go away for me to wake up a little bit earlier to create that that devotional time in the morning that that is that that is going to be an anchor for my life and so I think if when that is there and that is there consistent consistently I am a a mentally different person than I am when that is not there and and where it's not there that I see where it's not there consistently is traveling is on trips yeah totally is it just kind of goes away because you know you're doing stuff and and you know them is am I mentally different because we're on vacation or, or so, who knows? Uh, but so, so our kids just got out of school and I and I noticed that that you know in, in there I got pressure from the family to say, gosh, if you're going to bed on time, we've shifted to a summertime schedule and, and dinners are later and all of that. And so I'm like, okay, well maybe if I get up a little bit later. So I did, and, and you know, for a week there was a, a different morning time routine, and it's like I, I don't want to be becoming the kind of guy who loses that anchor. Yeah, and and I can feel that on the mental side. Um, you know, I, I think that there's also enough buffer there that, like, if I have a bad exercise week or a bad food week or something, I don't feel it mentally, but I see it enough in other people that that I I don't want to get there. So, uh, and, and the other thing I, I would go, I'd go back to my treadmill and my, and my books that, uh, that I need to be doing that. There needs to be that kind of input and, you know, exercising of the mind through your legs and exercising of the mind through always learning something new. I was going to say, there's rarely a day that goes by that you don't come in and say, okay, you got a, a, a new thing. I got a new thing. It was, a, it was from a podcast, something you're listening to while you're driving, or a book. You know, I average probably a book uh, a day being sent to me you know, to review as a possible guest or whatever. But probably you're getting one or two a week, it seems like, that you're devouring for whether it's on the medical side or the personal development side. Or whatnot that you're voracious there. Well, I'm gonna go to the next one. The fourth spoke is financial. What are the things that you do to keep yourself financially stable? Well, here again, you and I have talked about that an awful lot as we are entrepreneurial partners. Okay, so I have to say it for us, it is a budget that that has been the anchor. And, uh, 
So when we were, so for me financially, I've I've just been a consistent person, and you create a budget, you live by it, and don't go into the bad debts, and and so I've been, I've been grateful for that that I haven't slipped over there, um, you know when I was a young guy and in school. <laughs> You know, the military paid for my house and my books. What else did I need? That that was yeah. about it for those years. And then we got married. I was 30. We got married, started the military. And then in the military also, it's like, well, this is what you make. And, and, and Marcy's very good at budgeting. And so we just established that budget. And then we were a double income, no kids for, you know, seven years. And so if that was the only time in both of our lives we ever felt like there, there was surplus. Hmm. And uh, we effectively saved. We knew, you know, coming out of the military, you know, saving for a house and that kind of thing. But those years felt plush. And as living overseas and traveling or with not, without kids, we, we spent our excess money. And in, in, in overseas, people couldn't buy cars and houses or whatever. So we, we traveled. And we're very blessed in, in, that, in that regard. And then I really made a mistake coming out of the military. And financially, I got very influenced uh, socially by American doctorhood. You're supposed to be in this kind of house. You're supposed to be making this kind of income. And coming out of the military, that was all new. And in fact, I had made one of those deals with God, you know, that, that always goes south. <laughs> I told God, I'll go wherever, but I don't want to own a business and I don't want to do inpatient medicine. And Wound up in Woodland Park, owning a business and doing inpatient medicine, and I was strapped. Um, and that was also the recession. So we bought a home in '07, the worst year to buy a home. So we were upside down for years. And and to be honest with you, we took, uh, you know, we went down in income coming out of the military, and that was ten years ago, and we haven't changed. So so our income, and and this goes back to you know the entrepreneurial functional medicine thing that I am really banking on that becoming more of a, of a financial uh, asset. And right now, the way that we have been stable is to, is to really live by a budget. Which I got it, the testimony. Dave Ramsey would love it, of course, is when you need new tires for the car, it's in that appropriate budget. The money's there. When you need this medical expense, it's in your HSA when you've yeah. got that. Uh, that's, and those things have happened. Those things have happened, <laughs> and you've been a good uh, example to me in doing that. Well, the fifth one is the spiritual spoke, and you alluded to this in the mental spoke of your morning ritual. And I'll have to say, your I'll let you tell what you do, but your example probably the one of the most impacting things to me from a habitual spiritual slash mental uh, routine that I've taken on. Well, yeah, and I think there you and I feed on and support one another in, in even our own accountability to one another to that, to that, and I'll, I'll use our, our, one of the Thursday, night, or Thursday morning guys that we hang out with, uh, Dustin, and, and just an anchor for the soul that having gone out into the, the storms of life and the waves of the ocean of life that you have to have a rudder you have to have an anchor you have to have a compass and for me that uh, that relationship with god through which i am going to base everything on and 
therefore, if I'm going to try to be, and the next most important thing spiritually would be, you know, a marriage. And if I'm going to try to be becoming the kind of husband that I want to be, that she needs, that she deserves, uh, is, is going to be through that. And so I owe it to her to be the kind of guy who is setting up a life where I'm committed to that devotional relationship. And then for, for me also, connecting that to Sabbath and to the roots of my own physical reality uh, it blends in with the soul. And so, so it's been so interesting to think about that medically. Do we physiologically be becoming a different physical specimen because we have an anchor of a soul over here? And I would argue, yes, even though we're never going to see that on a lab test. And that is one of my motivations. I want to be physically capable of sitting still and being satisfied with who I am, who God is, who he is to me, and having that be sustenance and food, and then from that going into the day full and and then serving people and myself and 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 the businesses and the things that we're doing. So I would say spiritually in my 40s has been the and have, turning 51 and the last four or five years have been fruitful and one of the, one of those aspects has been with you and even thinking of the spiritual reality of work mm-hmm. and and you know you have a calling and put it to work you have a passion put it to work and and all of those things are are intermingled and all of that happens within a physical body and so thinking about that medically, spiritually, uh, business-wise, has been so fruitful and uh, inspiring. It makes me want to do it more. Well, and i got to give the testimony that it was so many years ago as we came together in friendship and life, and then I knew you got up early in the morning to have that time with God, uh, with your devotion, maybe reading something as well, and you did that, and I knew about it, and that that I, that didn't impact me that much. It was as we started doing work together and entrepreneurial stuff and had some challenges along the way, multiple ones, and hearing how you would fall back on what you had read that morning, on your time that morning, and what you felt led to. On uh, It was those constant testimonies that caused me to change my routine. So I was the guy that got up with just enough time to do whatever I needed to do uh, and then get out the door, whether it's with the kids at school or, or whatever, and I was not taking that time. I, I, I knew of it. I had just never been convicted of it. And it was your testimony. It was me, it was me seeing you, the example. It was an example more than a testimony because it's not something that you espoused the time. You just, you just shared the result of it as it had to do with our daily lives. And that, that was so convicting that it drew me to do it. I didn't want to get up at 5.30 or 5 or whatever it was. And I did it. And I got to the point finally where I had that one day where I realized that night I'm actually looking forward to it. And probably one of the most impacting things to my Uh, spiritual and mental life. I'm I'm smiling because that phrase that, uh, you know, we, we talked about that, just that, that wonderful moment of falling asleep, of turning out the light. You've read your book. You're, you're saying, okay, God, thank you for the day. And, I'm looking forward to getting up with you in the morning. Yes, yeah. That cup of coffee, that 
you know, it's basically an, an hour of time in the first 15 minutes, you got to brush your teeth and do whatever. And then you've got this, this 40, 45 minutes of deep breath. What does God have for me today? What is, and, and again, we walk through Dustin and, and some of his challenges and, and his testimony in our lives of the, the anchor of the soul of seeing how that kept him and us stable through these and, and that's kind of on the negative side. It's also on the, not just an anchor, but uh, wings of, I am satisfied with this sustenance. I don't need to go and have a bigger house and a bigger thing or whatever, uh, all of that. And yet, how do I think about work and money and finances and what is all that stuff for? Well, it's going to be through the lens of this spiritual growth. Yeah. You mentioned Dustin a couple of times. So that's our buddy, Dustin Hibbert. And we mentioned it in show the main interview with Randy six ninety five. Uh, you can find his podcast, soul care conversations and talking about this aspect of soul care. And I think it's their second and third episodes are a part one and part two interview with Randy. So there you go. So spoke six is career, which, you know, it's interesting. Obviously I know you, I know your story, but even as a doctor, what's a doctor's career? It's, it's, you're a doctor. I mean, it, it doesn't vary a whole lot. So my question is generally to these entrepreneurs that have all these things happen, different things, that, directions they've gone, different opportunities. And so I'm saying, how do you corral the career into, you know, what are your anchors to keep it on the straight and narrow? Well, yours was automatically kind of set. Well, until you came along and messed it up, right? <laughs> so I don't know what to ask you. What are your career? What do you do? I mean, now, I guess, I mean, you still have to look at what are you going to, well, you, you do, you have opportunities. You had one recently where they wanted you to be a doctor, uh, to participate in a role here, you know, pay you whatever. And so you got to look at what are you going to do to keep your career where you think it should be? Yeah, we, uh, we joke about, you know, if you're going to be a doctor in the functional world, then it's different. The, the system is not built up for that. And, and my dad was, was a doc as well, and, and I learned from him as he was coming out of traditional medicine and becoming a, a functional doctor. And then for years later, we would always joke about back when dad was a real doctor, <laughs> <laughs> when he made real money. And uh, so, yeah... Uh, being a physician, if commonly, you know, people mention, okay, if you're going to go, you go to school, you get good grades, you do your work, you, you, you go to school again, and, and you get a good job. And the quintessential example of that is being a doc. And, and it, 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 it is. But the, the problem there, and, and one of the reasons why our American medical system has gone so haywire is because doctors are taught to unhook their brains from business. And, and that is not a good recipe for business. And so then... In the industry, that is the thing we spend the most on. Right. The, num the number one GDP yeah. for America, our, our biggest product is disease care. Yeah. And so now doctors are motivated to find and treat and look for disease. It, that goes in, down a different pathway over there. So, so for me in, in career, it was, you know, and... and I was a decent student and all those kind of things, and that was back in the era where everybody except for you went to college. And so Thanks. there I off went to college. But I was, I was the exact example of what Dave Ramsey would say, don't send that kid to college. Because like every other kid, I was pre-med. And then, then at the end of the first year, I was like, oh, I, I hate this stuff. <laughs> I'm not having fun in chemistry. 
And so, so for me, it was, I also loved history. I actually was, was a history major and was going to go be a, a professor. Okay, I'll skip the long story and all those kind of things. Uh, lived, lived a year overseas and, and actually did a master's degree in history in German. And then there I was inspired by the fact that I am not a good teacher, at least in that context. And so my dad had been really burgeoning in his career, transitioning to functional medicine. And I remember the day I, I, I came home from overseas for my sister's wedding. And my dad was telling me about a patient and he cried. He was so emotionally caught up in this patient's story that I was like, I could do that. Hmm. I could submit to the pain and the torture, the, the good pain of going back to school, getting pre-med stuff, going to med school, to be becoming the kind of guy who could have that kind of an impact on people's lives. And I watched his job satisfaction, his income cut in half, his job satisfaction doubled. And that was my inspiration to say, okay, I think I'm going to go back the medical route. Um, I knew I couldn't ask my dad to pay for yet another graduate school, so did the military thing and uh, got their scholarship. And I was looking forward to the military. My dad had been military. We, I grew up overseas, and I wanted to do that. So went to med school, uh, did a military residency and family practice, knowing I was going to try to go into functional medicine, and, uh, and then had to learn normal American medicine in the military. So that was 10 years of me doing kind of the normal stuff, and then and my dad would keep trying to teach me functional ideas. I'm like, Dad, don't don't mess up my head. I, I can't do that stuff yet. And so uh, coming then to Woodland Park and, yeah, asking God not to give me a business, not to – and I, I actually thought – so now I'm almost 40, and my whole life I had thought about business as a necessary evil, and money was mammon, and – I, I, I just didn't have the right relationship. So, so the career idea at that point was I just want a job where, like you say, I just want to put in my time, be a good doc, uh, you know, take care of my family, and, and you know, do the American thing. Well, I wound up uh, owning, uh, having a partner and owning a, a family practice, kind of a normal traditional family practice here in Woodland Park. And right away, as I started trying to learn functional medicine, I was like, this does not match my partner, nor does it match business. This, there's a, so I was suffering through cognitive dissonance, and that's where you and I first started knowing each other. And uh, it was a struggle. I had to dissolve, dissolve that partnership in that business, which was financially a disaster. So starting off in the hole, yeah. buying a house at the wrong time, upside down, and, and having some career difficulties, wondering – do I just need to stop this and go get a regular doctor job where I can make more money and you know quit trying to do this functional medicine and make a business of it? So that was then the beginning of the, the anchor of the soul, of the spiritual commitment to say, oh God, who am I and why am I here and why am I going down this pathway that is creating insecurity in my wife and financially and, and you know starting another business when I haven't paid off the debt of the, the other business? Um, so career wise then, uh, for those seven, eight, nine years was a struggle. I think I was really struggling with the spiritual aspect of what is career, what is work, what is my calling. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, now 
career is is much more you know and i think through your influence and 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 zig and and some of those ideas i am i'm inspired i look forward to monday morning i don't dread it at all i i'm surprised that it's five o'clock at the end of the day and you know after most patients i'll pop in over here and say we've got to get this message to more people and and here we are. Okay, so if I was asked, so I'm going to talk for you. Okay, so if I was asked, what what's your thing on career? What's led you there? You have, again, the testimony, my experience. You have been what is what has directed your career? It's your calling. I mean, that is it. Because now you end up, as you said, owning a business. You didn't want to do that. We're launching another business. I mean, you are an entrepreneur now, above all, uh, in that. But it's calling led. It's not what you desired, but you felt that call. And just that, what you, cause you could very well be just uh, happy taking care of changing lives every single day, which you're doing here in the practice. And yet it's your own calling to get that word out, to help more people. That's again, not a right or wrong. It's just God's calling on you. And that is what I've seen direct your career, even into areas that you didn't tangibly ever desire to go. I'm, I'm surprised I'm here. Yeah. You know, that, and there, you, this morning, you and I were talking about the threads of our lives and how they've been woven together in this mysterious way. And, and my original uh, grief with, with God at, you know, I had planned out a, you know, we were going to go from the military to the Alaska Native Health System and keep the, you know, the safe retirement and put my 10 years in there and, and things got knocked off that track. And... And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm stretched, and it's now, uncomfortable. Now, you're an entrepreneur, and my <laughs> office is in a medical building. That yeah. doesn't make sense. <laughs> all right, man. Well, the seventh spoke here is personal. The things you do for fun, the hobbies, the play, the things you do for Randy. Not enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would argue I, I don't do well. Marcy and I, we both don't do well here. We are the quintessential children of you know delayed gratification always delayed gratification and we're trying to uh rectify that yeah but with wisdom and maturity and and not saying well you know dadgum and our ship needs to come in so we can go buy the house in breckenridge or or, or, or whatever it is through the spiritual lens and the friendship lens and the accountability to say um what is fun and you know should marcy and i say no children we are not going to do your thing tonight because we're going to go play soccer i think we need more of that so it's not a strength and in fact it it isn't a strength this is what i would call a weakness this morning i uh (laughs) back to the sleep thing i got up too early and i couldn't go back to sleep and so i got up and uh our family's planning a vacation uh, this summer with my, my kids will be for the first time on an airplane and that kind of thing. And, and the joy I get out of planning a, an adventurous vacation. I'm like, why don't we do this more? It is, it is deficiency in my life. Even though part of me is saying, well, who am I to think that I deserve to spend, you know, X thousands of dollars to take my kids to some wherever, and I, I struggle with that. So, so I'm working on that. And so fun for me would be travel. I think travel would be way up there. And so we, we have strived to at least do one big thing a year. And I lament, you, you and I have talked a lot about, we live in Colorado, the vacation destination. And, 
and half the summer has floated by and we haven't been camping. We haven't done the things. And so uh, I talked to John, another one of our buddies yesterday about, hey, he's a fly fishing expert and, and I want to want to. I want to want to be one of these guys that does the Colorado thing and and so we're going to try to go fly fishing this weekend. But fun for me. So I, I do. I love reading. Love great literature. And, and I love that, that moment at night. So yeah. of, of settling in with a good book that's... And, and you and I have talked. I need a little bit of mind candy. I can't read C.S. Lewis when I'm trying to fall asleep. So I'm looking for the adventure story or, or whatever. And I can read you know, Lord of the Rings or something like that. So I'd put that in there as, as fun, as a hobby. Um, if I have some alone time, I'm going to go to Barnes & Noble, hmm. spend an hour, cup of coffee, browse. If I'm alone at my home, I'm going to go grab the bike and throw in a backpack and an apple and just go on a trail or on a run and uh, relish that. I'm going to prepare if, if the kids, you know, back when they were little and, and uh, would travel away to the grandparents and I couldn't go for a while, I would look forward to a movie. Mm-hmm. And I would do a, a grass-fed, grass-finished steak with mm-hmm. broccoli and Brussels sprouts and a good Cabernet. <laughs> and there's why, Does we're, that count? There's why we're friends. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man, it's great. Uh, I always learn something new, even there, man. Thanks for taking us behind the scenes on your healthy habits. Thank you, Kevin. Well, there you go, folks. The health habits from the health expert, Dr. Randy James. Find him at his practice, truelifemedicine.com. Catch us both together on our new podcast, The True Life Show, and you must check out our new alternative to costly health insurance at truelifeprotect.com. As always, if you got value from the show, would you say thanks? Leave us a rating and review in iTunes. Coming up next in show 698, I ask Ziggler listeners this question. In the past year, what is a bad habit you've stopped and or what is a good habit you've started? Then what have the results been? Responses covered topics such as stopping bad diets, smoking, drinking, cursing, negative thinking, and much more. Plus starting good habits such as exercise, meditation, devotions, prayer, and many cited getting new positive input. This is a primary message from Tom Ziegler's new book, Choose to Win. So, of course, I had Tom join me to talk through your responses. I put this show high on the inspiration list as you hear real people dealing with real issues and having real successes, while also testifying that, yes, the struggle is also real. I found myself sharing a lot of my own challenges with habits, as did Tom. Well, till then, thank you as always, for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.